It's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Criterion Project, the show where we talk about movies that are in the Criterion channel or the Criterion collection or both. I am, as always, Conrado Falco, and with me, also as always, is the great Rachel Wagner. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am as wet as Jane Russell <laughs> after being thrown in a pool with the Olympic yeah. team in this movie. <laughs> I was I just got caught in the rain for the people yeah. listening. So yeah, I just was brushing home to record on time with Rachel and uh, yeah, but we made it. <laughs> I am here. I'm drying up and we're ready to talk about this uh, very fun movie. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Yeah, it was my first time seeing it. Of course, I I knew diamonds are girl's best friend. I mm-hmm, knew the iconic mm-hmm. imagery. I had never seen it though, so it was fun. Yeah, I hadn't seen it, it either. So I'm excited that this is both of our first time with this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be a good conversation. But before we go into that, as we always do, we'll go around and talk a little bit about other movies that we've seen lately that are worth talking about. So uh, Rachel, do you have anything you'd like to share with us? Uh, yeah. So I have my blind spot series that I do on my blog every month, where I watch. A movie that I haven't seen that's uh, I try not to make them all like artsy I try to have a variety some cult classics some some uh, critical favorites some uh, box office favorites things like that I haven't seen mm-hmm. and uh, for June my pick was uh, Tokyo Story I'd never oh, seen it oh yeah and uh, so finally crossed that off of my uh, blind spot list and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we had done um late spring uh, late spring yeah. we did a great yeah. episode in late spring yeah. with um with our friends and guests uh dave fiore and elise moore um who were here to talk about the movie and we had a really good time so people should yeah. check that out for sure i loved that episode and i loved having them on and uh it was that was my introduction to ozu and uh, so then now watched this and i absolutely loved it i thought it was really wonderful i mean i don't know how somebody couldn't relate to one or more of these characters like even the sort of petty characters like we all have those moments with our families where we're just like oh you know like mm-hmm. we're just not <laughs> you know we're not wanting to to be invested and spend the time it takes to build the relationship you know we're feeling petty like we have those moments and so i just felt like I, it felt so relatable to me this movie and yeah. uh as beautifully made and Satsuku Hara is just such a luminous mm-hmm. lovely presence on screen for sure um, so uh yeah I thought it was great that's great yeah we talked a lot about Satsuku Hara on our on our episode in late spring which is mm-hmm. also in that movie and um I think it's it's funny what you say Rachel about relating so much to so many of the characters because you know kind of infamously one of the you know, Ozu's movies back in the day, it took a long time for them to be released in America and for him to be discovered in in some other parts of the world because a lot of people thought that his movies were too Japanese, you know, that people were mm-hmm. not going to get them, that like, mm-hmm. you know, what is an American going to make yeah. of this? So it's funny because if they were proven completely wrong, you know, and yeah. the, everybody who watches these movies, I think, will find something to really relate mm-hmm. to. And this movie in particular, it's, it's about yeah. a 
you know, there's so many different characters and you're right. You can see their point of view. Some of them are more frustrating than others, but it's not like any of them are necessarily a villain in this piece. You know, yeah. everyone is very um, well-developed. Yeah. And then the other movie, t- totally different end of the spectrum, but that I wanted to give a shout out to just because it's not the kind of movie people expect me to like, mm-hmm. but I really loved was the movie Joyride. <laughs> Oh, really? Um, I thought it was so funny. It is raunchy. It is totally (laughs) R-rated. Not for everybody. People wouldn't think I'd like it, I guess. But at the core, it's about these four women and their friendship. And I thought it was hilarious. I I don't know. Like humor is very subjective, of course. But I really, really thought it was funny. And uh, so if you're looking for a hidden gem to support... Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought all four of the women were great, uh, especially Sabrina Wu as this character named Deadeye, who's kind of she's a little bit, little bit on the spectrum, but in a very like hilarious, endearing way that I don't know if I've ever quite seen a character quite hmm. like her. So well done and so funny, and I, I just loved it. So interesting. Okay, yeah, that that's coming out in a couple of weeks, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited that you liked it because I had been a little bit uh, iffy about the trailers that I've seen mm-hmm. for it so far, but knowing that you had a good time with it makes me yeah. excited. And speaking about raunchy things, a movie that I, <laughs> I saw last night and I really enjoyed, even though I know that, Rachel, you weren't a fan of this movie, but I went to see the new Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings, mm-hmm. where she plays this woman who is broke and and in order to do that he agrees to this plan where he has she has to date this 19 year old and kind of like get him out of his shell for his parents or something like that i thought this movie was very funny and very fun and i had a great time and i will say though that i was 17 or 18 years old when jennifer lawrence face became famous when she went to the oscars on that red dress and my mouth you know dropped and you know I was like stunning yeah I was completely smitten with her so just watching this movie in which she's playing this woman who is you know still incredibly attractive and sexy and she is trying to seduce this nerdy weird high schooler guy was almost like you know out of my teenage (laughs) dreams so I was just having I was on cloud nine with this movie I was having a great I could see that I was having a great time, and I guess um, the movie has gotten pretty bad reviews. I think most of the people are uh, it just are not finding it as funny, you know? Like, I yeah. think that's what you mentioned, and I think that's just, like you were saying, comedy is subjective, so take it with a grain of salt. But I had a great uh, time with this movie, and I thought Jennifer Lawrence gave a really good performance, and, and it, yeah. I was shocked that it took this long for her to be put in a movie where she gets to be this, you know sexy and appealing you know you should you know Mm -hmm. we've spent so much time with her in hunger games mode and then you know those x-men movies and you know finally something where she can really spark yeah i mean she's been in dramas where she's been sexy that one spy movie i can't think of the name red Red oh yeah but that was so serious you know yeah 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 uh and i mean silver lining playbooks is really funny but she's not she's not that sexy in it yeah um so yeah i can see i actually do think her performance is very brave she goes for it oh for uh, sure in in the film so i will give it that 
Uh, and, uh, so it is one of those ones that I guess it's the, the, the battle of the, the raunchy, uh, R-rated <laughs> comedy. And, uh, this, or, uh, yeah, but why, yeah. why make it a battle? You know, you can go see both movies, have <laughs> yeah, a good time. Absolutely. It's fun to see a comedy in, in theaters. I, mm-hmm. my audience was enjoying it. People were reacting to the screen. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, and the other movie that I wanted to talk about, which is, I think, another that you, Rachel, didn't love either, yes, uh, is the I movie. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by one of my favorite directors, Asteroid City, uh, yeah. directed by Wes Anderson, which um, is a very complicated movie to explain what it is. It's kind of like a, you know, like a lot of his movies is like a movie within a movie and a play within a within a TV show that it's a movie and things like that. Um, but you know that's not really what you need to know. What you need to know is in a Wes Anderson movie, it's like in his style with a bunch of very famous actors playing a lot of uh, fun roles. Um, Rachel, I want to hear what you, what your thoughts are <laughs> on it, I think. Um, uh, I, it looks yeah. amazing. It, the, yes. the production design is flawless. It can, and of course, I mean, the cast is absolutely wonderful and incredible cast. I found it extremely frustrating. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I felt like he basically like made it made it up every day. Like there was no like narrative thread to the entire film for me. Every scene just felt random. And mm. I I just found that really frustrating and it felt very self-indulgent to me. Mm. It felt very like I don't know. I just I wanted a story. I wanted a story and the the whole framework of the play within Mm -hmm. the movie did not work for me at all and i just was i just got increasingly irritated (laughs) by it that i was just like you think that you can just do anything and not care at all about narrative plot or structure or or developing Mm -hmm. your characters or having a a thread that follows through the whole story i mean at least with French Dispatch, it was short stories. So it was fine that it was segmented, I guess. Um, Hmm. But I don't know. I just, I didn't, it felt like nobody cares about having (laughs) a a story. Uh, And Hmm. um, they're just going to let him do whatever he wants, which I guess it's got good reviews. So I guess Hmm. I don't know that I didn't, I did not enjoy it. So. That's interesting. I think all of your comments are very interesting on this. Um, I think that it's it's telling that you didn't like the the framing device of the production of the play. I think that that is where the core of the movie really is. And so if that mm-hmm. doesn't work for you, I'm not surprised that you didn't quite enjoy the movie as a whole. Um, I will also say definitely self-indulgent movie. I don't know if I agree about the fact of not having a story or it not coming together. I do think that it is so much going on and it is so dense that it is hard to keep track of it actually i got to see it a couple of weeks early with our with our friend friend of the podcast trevor wallace was there as well um, we went to see it together and after the movie was over we were both kind of overwhelmed by it a little bit you know we didn't really know what to make of it we were wondering what's going on here and then we went to get some pizza and the more we talked about it, the more we came up with more and more scenes that we really loved, you know, and then we were rattling off like 20, 30 scenes even that we were like, oh, that scene was so good and that moment and that moment. And then it kind of like started to become a little bit of like, mm-hmm. 
Oh, interesting. There is there are so many. I don't know about the whole yet, but the parts of this movie I really love. So I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I am, mm-hmm. like I said, a huge Wes Anderson fan. So I am. The fact that I'm going to watch this movie twice is like that was just a given. Even if I did, hadn't liked it, I would have watched it probably a second time just because yeah just because right but and um, i do like wes anderson i just prefer yeah. ones where he tells an actual story like moonrise kingdom or yeah. um grand budapest hotel um yeah. or no, i understand and i remember films. we talked yeah about i love i love dogs a couple of years ago when it came mm-hmm. out and and i remember you liking that a lot um yeah but yeah i guess that'll be my mission then when i go for the second time around i'm gonna say okay i'm gonna come here to figure out what the story is here so i can tell rachel <laughs> so she can <laughs> so she can give another shot maybe <laughs> yeah fair um <laughs> yeah but yeah um Right. Oh, and I was going to say one last thing before we move on to our main topic um, about the, the movie, um, the improvisational aspect of it, the thing that you're saying about making it as it goes along. Um, I think that kind of fits a little bit with the whole acting thing. I mean, he, uh, he has talked about Wes Anderson about um, how inspired he was by the actors of the method in the 50s and the 60s. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of that improvisational kind of like anything goes vibe that goes with it. Yeah. Again, I will see it again. I have my theories about what's actually going on here, um, and I will report back. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right. Well, and, and since we're talking about movies from the fifties and sixties, perfect well, segue. Yeah. Into Let's talk about <laughs> yeah, and and the yeah the Scarlett Johansson character in the in Asteroid City, I think, is based in some ways in Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's get into it. We're talking about gentlemen prefer blondes. The movie is from 1953. It's a musical comedy directed by Howard Hawks and also starring Jane Russell and Marilyn Monroe, as well as the cast of other guys, Elliot Reed, Tommy Noonan, and also Charles Coburn, who plays a piggy, who we might remember from one of our favorite movies, Rachel, uh, The Lady Eve, where he plays uh, Barbara Stanwyck's um, dad in quotes uh, it's, i guess it's never really known if he is or not her actual father but um oh, yeah. in that, that movie yeah um but anyway uh would you like to tell us a little bit about the movie is about um so it's about these two friends and uh the one believes that you should marry for money and the other thinks that that's silly Mm -hmm. so they basically the one gets engaged they go on this cruise uh and uh they um have all kinds of hijinks Mm -hmm. and sue (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's not that much of a plot you know talk about a movie that doesn't have much of a (laughs) of a story to it but um yeah, I think basically it is these two women uh, who are friends. Marilyn Monroe plays Lorelai, who is very focused on finding a rich husband. And she is very much driven to for to find money. Right. And though. Mm-hmm. So when we meet her, she's engaged to this guy. Um, what's his name? Gus. Uh, Gus Esmond Jr., who is played. Wait, is that true? Yeah. Um, he's played by Tommy Noonan and he is like this kind of like heir to a fortune, but he's this very nerdy guy. Um, and, and and his father will not let him marry Lorelai because he feels that Lorelai is like a gold digger, you know, so mm-hmm. he's like, he's totally against it. So Lorelai comes up with this plan of like, I'm going to go on this cruise to Europe and he's that's going to drive him crazy and he's going to come looking for me in Europe. And that's when I'm going to convince him to actually finally marry me, you know, Um mm-hmm. 
And her friend uh, Dorothy, played by Jane Russell, goes along. And Dorothy is kind of a more, I guess, kind of a libertine who likes to just be with men and have fun and doesn't really care about money or getting married or anything like that. And she's just, you know, going to have a good time. And she inadvertently falls in love with a detective who has been hired to... um, to you know, kind of follow Lorelai by the rich dad of this yeah. Uh, fiance. Yeah, what did you think of this movie? Did it su- surprise you, or what do you think? Um, that's a good question. Did it surprise me? I guess I picked this movie, uh, and I did it because they have this Marilyn Monroe collection on the Criterion Channel. And last year, there was so much talk about her with Blonde, and people were all talking about like whether or not that movie does justice to who she was as a performer and as a person and i think in this movie you definitely see marilyn monroe in a starring role you know like mm-hmm. she is doing her thing she's doing diamonds are girl's best friends and she is definitely going for it and, and you can see why she's one of the most beloved stars um in hollywood you know yeah um, so I guess in that element, it didn't quite surprise me, although I hadn't had that many experiences with Marilyn Monroe before. So I was glad that I was watching this movie and I was getting to see her do, you know, be herself at, at, the, at the most, like mm-hmm. the peak of her stardom. Right. What did you yeah. think? So I enjoyed it, but I do think that there are a lot of similar movies that are better. Like it did feel mm-hmm. pretty generic to me, but you know, I'm a sucker for a musical. I, I was surprised how few songs there were. I was expecting it to have more. There were long stretches with no songs. Yeah, uh, I had the, the similar reaction. Yeah, I was expecting it to have more just because the the, the Diamond Circles are so iconic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and but I, I would say that How to Marry a Millionaire, I would think is better than this. Um, I think mm-hmm. that even something like we talked uh, a while back about bells are ringing. I think I like that better. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's similar movies that I think are better, uh-huh. but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. It's right I... on the kind of thing I love, you know, I love <laughs> a, ro- a romantic comedy with yeah, um, musicals musical. from this era. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds really yeah. much up your alley. Um, I haven't seen How to Marry a Millionaire. That also yeah. came out in 1953, uh, and it was, and they both movies were big hits at the time, from what I can see. Um, How to Marry a Millionaire was technically a bigger success than Gentlemen Prefer Blondes at the time, but I do think that this movie has now more of a reputation. I think maybe mm-hmm. it's because of the Diamonds Are Girls Best Friend musical number that is so iconic that mm-hmm. I think it's also honestly. Because it's directed by Howard Hawks, who is such a big, yeah. important director, right? Well, and the costumes are are really iconic in this. Whereas there's nothing really in How to Marry a Millionaire. I do think that that it's a better script than mm-hmm. this. And you have Lauren Bacall and Marilyn Monroe both in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Um, it's uh, It probably doesn't have any single attribute that's as memorable as Diamonds Are Our Best Friend or the, or the costumes. Right, that pink dress is is pretty incredible. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but overall, I I think it's more successful as a film. Uh, But uh, but yeah, they um, I can see why this one it it just is more memorable as far as just like just has more standout moments, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think the opening is also very striking when they're both wearing the red dresses and singing. Um, and mm -hmm. also, well, I was also like you a little bit surprised of how few uh, songs there were in the movie. The It's based on a stage show, a musical that premiered in 1949. And when you go on the Wikipedia for that show, you can see there's a lot of songs that didn't make it into the movie. So, you know, mm. there was a lot of adaptation. The movie is pretty short. It's only 90, 90 minutes, I think. Right. Um, and I would say there's two yeah. big musical numbers that that remained you know, that kind of like made an impression on me. Obviously, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. That's kind of like the centerpiece of the of the mm -hmm. movie, the climax. And it's a really great number. Um, obviously iconic. And the other one is the one that Jane Russell has when she first gets on the boat where and she sees the that the Olympic male team is on the boat as well. And they are all, you know, the, all these handsome men and she follows them to the gym and then into the pool. And it's called what is that one called? Ain't anybody here for love? I think it's what the song is called. Oh. And that that I thought was also really fun. And a very well staged show. And also it's a one that I had also heard about before because of its um kind of homoerotic uh, undertones, you know, but with all these shirtless men and and all that stuff. It's something yeah, that, that comes up. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed When uh, when Love Goes Wrong. Uh, I thought oh, that yeah. was a... That, that was, was pretty really, good, too. Yeah, that was and, a fun song. And funny enough, both of those songs were written for the movie. So they were not in the stage version. So there was mm. a lot different, you know? This, this is a time when, you know, it's before musicals, gotten very very um, faithful adaptations which started happening very much in the 50s you know when we get mm -hmm. to bells are ringing which was when 1960 maybe or something like that yeah but by that time and obviously my, my fair lady and west side story and all those big musicals those were very faithful to the stage adaptations for the most part but it's as, true but even as you know something like sound of music would have a bunch of songs moved around re, uh, yeah. removed and then added like I have confidence that wasn't in the original yeah. Broadway. There were always changes, but like when you go back mm -hmm. to this time and you look at this, you're like, this movie, I think it has nothing to do with the show at all. Yeah. It's like the basic yeah. premise and some yeah. of the songs and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting when they do that. And also what you would have, they would often do is they would just take popular songs and then work them into the, the work, work them into the story, you know, like mm -hmm. in, with maybe singing in the rain you know songs right. like fit as a fiddle and things like that were like existing songs mm -hmm. that they would do and so yeah it's interesting yeah. uh it would be interesting to see the the stage show because it yeah it probably has very little to do but i guess when you have a plot kind of as thin as this it gives you that flexibility to mm -hmm. kind of do whatever you want with it what do you think of the of the plot i thought it was pretty funny i thought there were quite a few you know, the non-musical scenes. I thought there were quite a few very funny mm -hmm. scenes. I especially liked the little kid when she kind of like is trying to find, you know, she has the list of yeah, passengers that, that she's trying to find a new, of someone to marry who's going to be rich. And she has this bo this guy who's like, oh, this guy with his valley, he must be rich. And then it's this little boy who yeah. comes to the dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was a really funny scene. Um, when she gets the, stuck in the in the window of the cabin as well, and the boy comes to rescue her, that's mm -hmm. what I thought was the really funny scene. Yeah, there was some I, I thought some funny uh, banter, like when he talked about that he was a python and I was a goat, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, some of that back forth was was fun. Uh, the whole scene where they're getting the film from the from the 
uh, oh, from the guy who spy. they yeah who they make yeah, him drink the the aspirin or something and yeah and then they spill the water on him yeah that was very funny as that well that was a well done sequence I think and uh, and then I also I, I don't know what did you think of the whole scene in court when all of a sudden she like breaks out into song and dance in the middle of the court um I, I <laughs> it was a lot it was but... a lot but I do I was very impressed by Jane Russell's impersonation of Marilyn yeah. Monroe's persona. I was like, yeah. you know, for most of the movie, I I'm going to admit I was more interested in Marilyn Monroe as a as a performer than Jane Russell and her character. I thought it was just I don't know, maybe just a little bit funnier. Um Jane mm-hmm. Russell is playing kind of like the kind of like the sassy girl who's kind of like, you know, the tough, maybe like a tough broad or something, yeah. right? Who's like, yeah, I just like to be, hang around and whatever, you know? And Marilyn Monroe is doing more like the the innocent kind of dumb blonde who's actually not as dumb as she seems, right? Um, And then when Jane yeah. Russell starts putting on that performance at the court, I thought that was really funny. And she was doing such a great job of like imitating Marilyn already, you know, that it was, that it was really good. I thought. Yeah, I hadn't, I'm not that familiar with Jane Russell. Uh, Me either. I'd say I hadn't, I hadn't seen a ton. And I'm looking at her filmography. You know, there's a movie called Gentlemen Marry Brunettes. I didn't even know this. Is this like a <laughs> sequel? It might be. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's in it. She's in a movie called in 1955. So two years later. Oh, so it's gotta be a sequel or at least a spiritual <laughs> sequel. Right? Doesn't it? Doesn't have um. Uh, it doesn't have Marilyn Monroe in it, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm not super familiar with her. So it was fun to, to see her. And yeah, I thought it was, it was a scene where they really went for it. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what did you think? Something else that I really liked about the movie or that, that it stuck with me was its depiction of these women as, especially the Marilyn Monroe character. She's so clearly focused on on money and she doesn't really change her mind by the end it is all about her trying to find a rich husband and by the end she does it's not like she Mm -hmm. like you know talk about the jennifer lawrence movie i was talking about before she has to get this kid because she's gonna get a car or whatever and by the end of course she kind of like really has a connection with the kid and she like kind of he falls in love with her and whatever right that doesn't really quite happen in this movie Um, that happens to jane russell's character but not to marilyn monroe's and I feel like in a lot of movies, you would judge her, that character for that. Uh, but in this one, she just gets away with it. And these two women just have this, you know, the, we just accept them as our heroes. And they have this great relationship, this great friendship between the two of them. Yeah. She says, I liked when she says, I can be smart when it's important. Yeah. Which I is about so. finding a husband. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess that, that was- in itself is a bit of a... You could do, you know, like the the feminist, maybe that argument that that's kind of retrograde, that she just kind of wants to get a husband and that's all her aspirations in life. And I guess for both of them, they it's kind of like that. But there's also something fun and in its own way kind of empowering about about them just doing whatever they want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they I think something like that is only demeaning if it's not a empowered choice if that's what they want and that's their choice you know that or or Mm -hmm. i I suppose if they aren't given other choices and you know Mm -hmm. if that's if they only have the choice to get married or you know then then it's it's but if that's their choice amongst a bunch of other choices then it's a perfectly valid choice you know (laughs) and that's, that's what we want for 
for for our female characters and for women in real life. We want them to have lots of choices and options in their life. And Lorelai does kind of say that when she's finally confronted by the rich, uh, you know, dad who won't let her marry his son. And and she tells him, you know, think of it like, you know, I'm a girl. My in this world, my the older I get, the 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 harder it's going to be for me to find a husband and how I'm going to get money. You know, wouldn't you want if you had a girl would uh, or a daughter, wouldn't you want her to marry someone rich given the circumstances of this world? You know, she has a very pragmatic and smart (laughs) way of looking at things. A good, yeah, that is a good scene. I like that. I also, it was really fun to see Paris in the 1960s and all of that. The, the, um, it, it was kind of reminded me of Roman Holiday in that sense, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, it was just fun to, I mean, I've never been to Paris, but it was fun to see, uh, the, um, just all yeah. the different shops and, and them going shopping and, and all the different stuff, uh, from the 1960s and i thought that was enjoyable travel yeah it was a fun yeah yeah, exactly and it reminded me me as well about roman holiday and especially what our guest uh topher payne who talked with us about that movie said about how these movies of the 50s were often kind of like travel logs at the time for people who you know when it was much harder to travel abroad and you just wanted to have all these exotic locales and you're in the movie right and really make a meal out of them yeah and i felt that even uh during the pandemic i kind of felt that that i really wanted to see things that were you know because we couldn't travel right uh, and uh so it was, I, I could see that yeah for sure so overall it was just a it was a fun little movie yeah definitely i would mm-hmm. agree with that i think i am also sort of in the same boat with you in terms of is this an all-time classic? Is this something that I think it's a really, really great movie? I don't know, uh, but I had a very good time watching it. I had a fun time, and I think it's it's a very good movie and a very good showcase, especially for its two lead performers. Yeah, I agree. So let's get into our questions then, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. The first one is, what makes this a Criterion movie? And we should say this movie is not in the Criterion collection itself, as far as I can tell in my research. It is right now on Criterion Channel, though, as part of the Marilyn Monroe uh, collection. So, Rachel, what do you think about this being on Criterion? I, I think just the, again, the iconic uh, Diamonds Are Girls' Best Friend and the costumes and pretty much anything with Marilyn Monroe is is just kind of has a iconic place in in uh Hollywood history I and mean, she was just so there's just never been any as much as they've tried to recreate her in various things there's just never been anybody quite like her uh and uh, so I think almost anything with her in it just kind of is memorable because she was very memorable yeah that's a great point I think that um, I I wish I had a little bit more time. It just had a kind of like busy weeks to do a little more research before um, recording the episode about potential readings of the movie. I know that there must be out there because, you know, Howard Hawks, he's such a big director. He was a favorite of the kind of like French Cahiers du Cinéma critics of the 50s, the ones who came mm-hmm. up with the auteur theory. So there has to be so much written about him and it would be really curious to see how they what they think of this movie in terms of his filmography he is also a director that i've really enjoyed we've covered a movie of his before bringing a baby and he Mm -hmm. 
one of the best, in my opinion. Yeah, a great movie, but also mm-hmm. a director that I have only seen a handful of movies from. And I, so I, I'm curious to know more about him and about his style. I, I think just his name makes it sounds criteriony. You know, he's one of the big ones of the classic Hollywood era. And I also would be interesting, be interested, like I mentioned before, in kind of like the sort of like the queer readings of the movie. I think that there is a lot of, I mean, obviously Marilyn Monroe is like an icon and, you know, um, plenty of drag performers have dressed up as Marilyn Monroe and have done Diamond's mm-hmm. Sarah Girlfriend's friend, you know? So, and I think there is something in the, in the fantasy of these two girls who um, are really good friends and they go on this, on this cruise and they're, kind of you know Marilyn is trying to find love with a man but only for the money you know like so there's maybe something there that you can read that's interesting and there's a scene obviously with the pool with all the men and about the 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 position of the women in this in this world where they maybe they they're lim- they're limited in what they can do or not and how they can live through this world I think it's something they could have spoken to people um, you know to gay men at mm-hmm. the time and also to um well, I guess also to gay women in their own way, but um, yeah, definitely something interesting to talk about there. I wonder if there's more literature about that that I would be interested in reading. And there is a lot on the channel for Pride Month and everything, uh, a lot uh, this month. So people should check that out. There's a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. collections yeah. and things. Yeah. And what about the the our next question, which is where does this fit in the pretentiousness scale, Rachel? Where where one is a totally unpretentious, let's say, no hard feelings starring Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> <laughs> and then ten is you know something very pretentious. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like you will always say a like Jean Luc Godard documentary, yes. but um, how about you know Asteroid I City? Think... I guess you would probably put up there as well. So where do you think this ranks? I think this is very low. Uh, two. I mean, this is not pretentious, I don't think, at all. I think I agree with you. This is, you know, as popcorn as it gets, just a fun romp with fun songs, funny scenes, great banter, and just, like, you know, enjoyment all Mm -hmm. all around. Um, So, yeah, I'm even thinking of what could be pretentious about it. I I can't really quite think of anything. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess the courtroom scene is so, like, ridiculous that maybe there's like a tiny bit of pretension there you'd have to suspend disbelief like a little bit with some stuff but it's yeah it's at all yeah i think we're on the same page about that (laughs) yeah uh so Uh, remake i'm very curious to see if you came up with anything yeah uh would you like to go first yes so i think you got to get some energy into this make it a little bit more memorable as far as just the pacing and the the plot and um i think you gotta let baz lerman oh wow okay have his, <laughs> have his way with this i feel like he could make this really like <laughs> pop and exciting and um fun and i would just love to see what he would do with with this i think it would be great that's fun. And Bas Lerman, you know, he did Moulin Rouge where Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman sings Diamonds Are a Ghost mm-hmm. Friend. So he kind of like, he's given a little bit of. Oh, yeah, that's a hint true. I didn't even that. think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a fun choice. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you think musical, Bas Lerman does come to mind uh, with mm-hmm. his all his exes. And... and I just think he would like really make it pop. And, and, and I feel like this is actually a one of those things that I, I think could benefit from a remake because I, I 
I feel like people know it, but don't know it. Like it's one of those, I feel like it's one of those movies that people know about it, but like haven't seen it. Um, yeah. And I mean, both of us hadn't seen it. There's so many, I, I just feel like it, it's not like Casablanca or something like that, where it's like so iconic and that, what are you doing? Like, that would be stupid to remake it. But this, <laughs> I feel like it actually might get people to actually watch it. <laughs> well and, uh, i actually rachel i think yes and no on that i think you're right except that the the main number diamond sorry goes best friend is so iconic and marilyn's yeah. performance in that number is so iconic that i think that's the thing that's keeping people from thinking of remake you know like what actor mm-hmm. wants to be compared to marilyn monroe at her at her peak you know in her most yeah. famous moment it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of intimidating you know i was yeah. thinking like who could pull this off and i was just you know, coming up yeah, a little I bit. Mean, you think maybe like I mean, Michelle Williams has already played Marilyn Monroe once before, yeah. and uh, I don't know if she's too old for the part at this point, but uh, maybe uh, maybe you could get her, and because she's she's a good she's a great showman, she's a good singer, um, yeah. so maybe that I don't know. <laughs> maybe that I'd watch um, it. It would be. <laughs> you know what would be fun. Um, I think I would like to see a remake of this starring um, Hallie and Chloe Bailey, the sisters. You know, Hallie Bailey was just mm-hmm. Ariel in oh. Little Mermaid and she can sing very oh, well. Such a good singer. And I assume Chloe can act a little bit, right? Like, if you yeah. know, how hard could it be? And to have those, both of them play these, you know, like sister friends who are on their way in the cruise ship trying to get some gentlemen. I think good that idea. would be kind of fun. That um, would be, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, she... Like I, I liked, I thought that the little mermaid was a million times better than it had any right to be. It's definitely, yeah, I, think I was shocked of, by that. <laughs> I know. And it still has all, like all the things you think are going to be terrible are terrible except for <laughs> like, it does look, it looks bad, but I thought that she was so good. I mean, mm. she's it's just one of those, one of those instances where single performance can really elevate a film and she was in my opinion she was so good and i thought that her and their guy had such good chemistry and like anything that was about their relationship was actually really really good and Hmm. uh you're not gonna hear me say it was like a great movie but i guess maybe it helped by the fact that i had such low expectations expectations were so low so bad and so the fact that i was like wow okay like it if they had just like the romance stuff actually really worked for me. And I don't know, like I, those live action remakes are, are so bad that when, when is like entertaining, I don't know. It, it, I do. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, and I think Rob Marshall for me, I, he, he is somebody I, I trust in making musicals. Cause I think he does a good job. I mean, I really liked Mary Poppins returns. I thought it was excellent. Mm. And I, I liked little mermaid and, uh, he even did, I think, is about as good a job as you could do with Into the Woods. So, um, anyway, I uh, she's she's abs. I don't know how anybody could watch that Little Mermaid and be like, she is very talented at the very least. She hmm. is a very good singer and actress. So, yeah, um, I know her mostly as a singer, but uh, yeah. which she, she, and she's great, and her sister's also great. They're both yeah. Um, so and yeah. not all those. I mean, we saw with Beauty and the Beast, a terrible singing. So the fact that they actually got a good singer, I appreciate. 
Yeah, that makes a difference. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but I want. I I think that could be fun. I feel like there's something people could do with gentlemen before blondes. Uh, if uh, if they wanted to take a crack at it. Yeah, and I think people would be into a movie yeah. like that where two women are just kind of like you know you do the empowering yeah. version of it where they're just like you know just get some rich man. It's kind of like that movie Hustlers, you know, with the, yeah, where they yeah. were yeah. I could yeah, or even Joyride this with the uh, this you know, yeah. this story about these friends. Mm-hmm. female friends so well uh if you're if you're interested we just gave you some great ideas hollywood yeah that's true <laughs> hollywood we'll be waiting for a check yeah that's right uh, um all right so what are we doing next time rachel yeah. yeah so we were talking about some different things we could do and one of the things we have never done on criterion project is talk about the one of the uh, criterion exclusive premieres we have never that's done right. that and uh, I've wanted to do it. Uh, and so we decided, well, let's do it for our next one. We're going to talk about a movie called Godland. This is Icelandic film. Uh, and it had like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It sounds like a pretty intriguing uh, story mm-hmm. uh, about a priest uh, in Iceland. Um, and our um, one of uh, my fellow critics that I my friends fellow critics uh harris dang he gave it five stars on letterbox so that's a All good right. sign yes um and robert daniels uh is another prominent critic gave it uh four and a half he says they they do still make movies truly amazing work here so okay yeah some good reviews uh and uh, it'd be fun to try something uh totally new and uh premiere yeah, it's really the first time we're talking about one of these Criterion exclusive premieres and mm-hmm. also the first time we're talking about an Icelandic movie. So that's exciting, too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I heard really good things about the movie and I'm curious. Yeah. It's a movie that came out just last year, 2022. So it's pretty brand new. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to get ready for a lot of names that are hard to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll do our best. So, um, yeah, that's what we'll be doing for the next yeah. one. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Criterion Pod. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, That's right. (laughs) Criterion Pod. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Coco Hits and Y. And how about you, Rachel? You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also at the Hallmarkies Podcasts. All right. Uh, Yeah. So that was the movie. We'll see you next time with Godland. Uh, Have a good time, everybody. Bye, everyone.